Hi there. Do you ever find that you feel sore and achy for no particular reason? Perhaps you can't get comfortable in bed because your back just won't stop twinging. Do things on your body that you've never even thought about before just generally hurt and or sag? Do you think that everything that Metallica has done since 1988 has been pretty much a complete waste of time? If any or all of these things sound familiar, you might just be a 20th century Hi everybody! Welcome to the first installment of a very special bonus series of episodes of the Heavy Metal 101 podcast, wherein I, Eric, will be flying solo, helping to assist my fellow mature metalheads in navigating the heavy metal of the 21st century. Okay, so here's the thing. I honestly can't tell you how often I've heard and or read some iteration of the following conversation. Heavy metal these days is so lame. They just don't make them like they used to when I was a young, strong, golden god. Right? Kids these days just don't know how to rock. Music hasn't been good in decades. It's all just pop crap nowadays. Anyway, my wife and kids aren't home, so we can totally blast Morbid Angel's Altars of Madness. Now that's music! Fuck yeah! yeah! And scene. Does this seem familiar to you? Now, I'm 46, so I came of age in the late 1980s and early 90s. I do realize that your own mileage may vary, but in my experience, once most of my peers left behind their teens, got married, kidded, and gainfully employed, they tended to stray a bit from heavy metal orthodoxy. And, even if they did still continue to love and listen to the music of their youth, more often than not, they eventually grew blissfully unaware of contemporary trends in bands in metal. Many of my metal contemporaries simply drifted away from the genre in those difficult 1990s. Now, even though I am most well and truly middle-aged, I do not partake of the idea that the heavy metal made in my youth was any sort of unique aesthetic golden age. Well, I certainly do have a soft spot for much of the older material we have thus far covered here on Heavy Metal 101, I also absolutely adore contemporary metal. In fact, I think much of the greatest music ever made has been made in recent years. At the same time, as listeners may have noticed, I do have something of a mania for historical chronology. As such, I have come to the realization that it is going to be quite some time before this dang podcast actually deals extensively with the heavy metal of today. This seems like a real shame, and so was born an idea. A bonus series entitled A 20th Century Curmudgeon's Guide to 21st Century Heavy Metal, wherein I get to yammer on about some of my favorite more recent releases. Relatively speaking, I mean, I still gotta be me. As such, on this episode, we're starting out way back in good old Y2K, which is not exactly recent. I'm going to try to bring myself to do later installments of this bonus series out of chronological order so that we can actually explore genuinely contemporary music from time to time. Still, we've got to start this thing somewhere. And so on this first installment, my intention is to cover just some of the key heavy metal releases from the years 2000 and 2001. Now, if you don't like my choices or are just absolutely horrified by something I've omitted, please let me know. A reminder now, you can always reach me via social media through Facebook 
at Heavy Metal 101 Podcast, Twitter at Heavy underscore 101, or Instagram at Heavy Metal 101 Podcast. Or you can let me know via email, which is Heavy Metal 101 Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can even leave a voice message at anchor.fm slash heavy metal 101 podcast. There's just so many options. Also, while I'm listing stuff, a friendly reminder that if you enjoy Heavy Metal 101, you can help spread the word. Sharing episodes on social media and rating and reviewing the show are excellent ways to help us get this show to more fine folks. Much and many thanks to all of you who have already done this. Okay, so back to the business at hand. Mind you, the list that follows is not intended to be comprehensive. This is just a friendly starter's guide to help those of you who still spend most of your metal listening time stuck in the 1980s, so that you can get started in exploring the extraordinarily fertile metal of the 21st century. You get the gist. So John isn't here to kvetch today, so let's just relax, maybe pour yourself a nice bourbon, cozy up by the fire, and let's begin to take us a gander at some of the coolest, heaviest music of the past 23 years. There can be no doubt but that nice round years, 1970, 1980, 1990, and 2000, have, for some reason or another, tended to serve as inflection points in the history of heavy metal. The first and most obvious change in the year 2000 was that it was suddenly possible for our classic metal gods, who had been lost in the wilderness, to make great music again. It was as if some invisible hand had turned back on the magical spigot that Kurt Cobain and company had ruthlessly shut off back in 1991. As such, many of my favorite albums in the year 2000 were actually later career masterpieces. In case you've made the foolish decision to ignore or turn your nose up at the 21st century work of certain 20th century faves, here are a few of my recommendations. The eighth Dio album, Magica, is the epic fantasy concept album that we all knew Ronnie needed to make, and this album utterly slays. It is one of my all-time favorite Dio albums. Now, Although it would still be a few more years before Judas Priest would reunite and reestablish their utter domination with 2005's fabulous Angel of Retribution, the metal god Rob Halford began laying the groundwork by pairing up with heavy metal legend resurrection specialist Roy Z, and he released the best album that Judas Priest never made, the appropriately titled Resurrection, with his new band called simply Halford. If you are a Judas Priest fan and don't know this album, you must remedy that immediately. For me, the album from 2000 with which I have the deepest personal connection and love for is King Diamond's gorgeous, haunting House of God. It's such a beautiful album, and it's Diamond's most philosophically rich horror story to date. I don't know how many times I've played that particular disc, but it truly is one of my all-time favorite albums by one of my all-time favorite artists, arriving in the midst of what was an extraordinary late-career artistic renaissance for the King. Of course, no discussion of classic metal bands in the year 2000 would be complete without a mention of the then-newly-reunited Iron Maiden, whose Brave New World kicked off what would be a new millennium of truly great music-making by the band in inspiring fashion. 
The 90s were a complicated time for all us metalheads, but by the year 2000, everything old was definitely awesome again. Meanwhile, despite greatly exaggerated rumors of the demise of death metal in the mid-1990s, down in the extreme metal trenches, things were about as heavy and creative as they had ever been. Immolation's monumental Close to a World Below and Nile's ferocious Black Seeds of Vengeance were as excellent as anything death metal had produced in the 90s. These are dark, heavy, and creative albums and instant classics from a genre people had been writing off as spent just a few years earlier. In that same year, a collection of teenaged Polish new kids on the block, the band Decapitated, began setting new standards for technical death with their brilliant debut, Winds of Creation. The music and musicianship is phenomenal, even though, at the time of the recording, drummer Vitek was 15, bassist Rigel was 16, guitarist Vogue was 17, and vocalist Sauron was 18. Wow. Just wow. Simultaneously, in another blacker, colder corner of the extreme metal universe, classic Norwegian black metal masters Enslaved had officially begun their journey towards becoming one of the most extraordinary creative forces in 21st century metal, dramatically expanding the sonic palette of what black metal could be with their stellar Mardrum Beyond the Within. Now, 2000 was such a great year in metal that even subgenres I don't particularly like were, were absolutely on fire. On the proggy side of things, and I really don't love much progressive metal, the band Nevermore reached new heights of post-Queensryche grandeur on the amazing Dead Heart in a Dead World. And in what is possibly my own least favorite heavy metal subgenre, stoner metal, Electric Wizard's Dope Throne, a true genre masterpiece, arrived on the scene. Personally, I'm not in love with the album, which is quite aesthetically outside of my wheelhouse, but I do have the good sense to understand why so many other people hold it in such esteem. It truly is an impressive album, and it's well worth exploring. And from yet another subgenre that tends to give me the hives, new metal, came one of that subgenre's finest artistic statements, Deftone's magnificent white pony. Great as all of that music was, however, to my mind, the very best heavy metal in the year 2000 tended to be music that I would call death metal adjacent. These were bands with one foot in the extreme and the other planted somewhere else which was distinctly more accessible. For instance, the pure pleasure of listening to In Flames' catchy as hell, Clayman, or Children of Bottom, who I should say here and now are one of my very favorite metal bands of all time, on their brilliant Follow the Reaper, well, these albums might drive certain old-school death metal purists crazy, but for me, they are just so much fun. Just for kicks, I'm going to try to pick a, quote, best album for each year that I cover on this series. This should certainly be taken with a big grain of salt. However, I think it's always interesting to try to hone in on just one particularly, truly special album. In the year 2000, the best of the best has just got to be Vader's glorious litany, on which those Polish extreme metal masters officially sat down upon the cold, dark throne, once belonging to Slayer and then Sepultura, the throne that represents the coolest metal band in all the land. Litany is 30 minutes of true, brutal, rain-and-blood-esque death thrash perfection. 
You don't believe me? How about some assigned listening that will melt your face off? Click the link in the show notes and check out Vader's Molten Metal via album opening track, Wings. And check out those freaking drums. Brutal! Rest in peace, Doc. You earned it. Okay. Okay. So 2000 was freaking cool. The world did not explode. Jet airliners didn't fall from the sky. Classic metal bands found their new footing for a new millennium. Extreme metal bands were getting better and better, and weird, accessible, extreme-slash-melodic hybrid types were making music that fills me with delirious joy to this very day. How nice. And yet, it was 2001 which brought about an album I consider to be quite possibly the greatest heavy metal album of all time! Okay, so fans of this podcast know that I've already given that particular honor to Death's 1998 uber-masterpiece, The Sound of Perseverance. But there was indeed a 2001 release, which managed to give that album a run for its money. So what might it be? Stay tuned and find out. Oh, man... My neck is killing me. Dude, maybe you shouldn't have gotten into that mosh pit. Bro, it was some serious death metal. I just couldn't help myself. You're 52 years old, man. Maybe it's time to stop moshing to death metal, but I need my extreme metal. I get it. That's why I just stand around, cross my arms, and gently bob my head while listening intently to post-metal. I can listen for hours and hours and still feel great the next day. Post-metal? What's that? Dude, I'm sending you a playlist, like right now. One week later. My friend, the truly transcendent aesthetic experience of Isis, Agala, and others has both spiritually enlightened me and saved me endless hours of neck and back pain. I am reborn anew in gentle, heavy waves of sonic bliss. Post-metal. It's like metal, but abstract and introspective. Huzzah! So the metal reawakening of 2000 had everyone fully invested and invigorated and ready to make all sorts of musical magic. In 2001, bands picked up the torch and they ran with it. Big time. In fact, I was so blown away by so many albums released in that year, and I'm simply going to list off a bunch of them right now for your consideration. These are not to be missed. The shockingly effective folk metal of Enciferum's self-titled debut. The pitch-perfect black metal of Windier's 1184. Perhaps the finest representation of My Dying Bride's unique and wonderful brand of gothic metal, The Dreadful Hours. The idiosyncratic intellectualism of resident heavy metal mad genius Devin Townsend's Terrier. 
the incredibly impressive return to thrash metal after a decade in the wilderness of the mighty creator, Violent Revolution. Six. Pig Destroyer's Prowler in the Yard, an utterly unique, brilliant variant on Grindcore. The haunted post-metal landscape of Neurosis's stripped-down, barren, and oddly beautiful A Sun That Never Sets. Eight. Ah, Slipknot. You know, my brother loves Slipknot, but they're really not one of my favorite metal bands. However, Iowa is arguably their masterpiece, and it's certainly an album of note from 2001. And of course, Tool's monumental alternative metal classic, Lateralis. Each and every one of those albums was truly exceptional, and that was just the second tier of 2001's metal masterpieces. Yowza! At the tippy top of the proverbial artistic pyramid sit titanic achievements such as Opeth's Blackwater Park. And it should be said here that I'm actually not the world's biggest Opeth fan. I sort of find that they insist upon themselves. They're a bit proggy for my taste. However, Blackwater Park absolutely slays. Also, oh so near the tippy top is System of a Down's Toxicity. That is truly and definitively one of the great metal albums of all time. I love it! And yet, the album that I find most extraordinary of all from 2001 and a serious competitor for... The greatest heavy metal album of all time is the raw, disturbing, and magnificent magnum opus Jane Doe by one of the few bands to give metalcore a really good name. The hardcore masters from Massachusetts converge. Jane Doe is the musical equivalent of a raw nerve, and while it won't be to everyone's taste, this frenetic, explosive synthesis of metal, hardcore, and a bit of grunge is an absolute must-listen for any fan of extreme music. This is the stuff for real. If you don't know Converge, you're missing out on quite possibly the greatest heavy metal band of the 21st century. Assigned Listening number 2 will help to set you straight. Click on the link and... Check out track number three, the highly flammable Distance and Meaning. I know I feel better. As of now, we're still a ways away from the metal of today, I know. But with regular installments of this bonus series, we can at least briefly discuss, explore, and suggest some great 21st century metal. Anyhow, I suppose it's about time that I go and wake John up from his cryogenic slumber so that we can record the next regular episode. Don't forget to contact us and let me know what you think of my choices of albums from 2000 to 2001 and what glaring, stupid omissions I made. I am sure there are plenty. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you fine, fine folks next time on Heavy Metal 101.